0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark 5, verses 21 to 34, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 34. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is the word of the Lord. The main subject of these verses is the miraculous healing of a sick woman. Great is our Lord's experience in cases of disease. Great is his sympathy with his sick and ailing members. The gods of the heathen are generally represented as terrible and mighty in battle, delighting in bloodshed, the strong man's patrons and the warrior's friends. The savior of the Christian is always set before us as gentle and easy to be entreated, the healer of the brokenhearted, the refuge of the weak and helpless, the comforter of the distressed, the sick man's best friend. And is not this just the savior that human nature needs? The world is full of pain and trouble. The weak on earth are far more numerous than the strong. Let us mark in these verses what misery sin has brought into the world. We read of one who had a most painful disease for 12 years. She had suffered many things by many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Means of every kind had been tried in vain. Medical skill had proved unable to cure. Twelve long, weary years had been spent in battling with disease, and relief seemed no nearer than at first. Hope deferred might well make her heart sick. Proverbs thirteen twelve. How incredible is it that we do not hate sin more than we do? Sin is the cause of all the pain and disease in the world. God did not create man, to be an ailing and suffering creature. It was sin, and nothing but sin, which brought in all the ills that flesh is heir to. It was sin to which we owe every racking pain, and every loathsome infirmity, and every humbling weakness to which our poor bodies are liable. Let us keep this ever in mind. Let us hate sin with a godly hatred. Let us mark in the second place, How different are the feelings with which people draw near to Christ? We are told in these verses that many people followed our Lord and thronged about him. But we are only told of one person who came in the press behind and touched him with faith and was healed. Many followed Jesus from curiosity and derived no benefit from him. One and only one followed under a deep sense of her need and of our Savior's power to relieve her and that one received a mighty blessing. We see the same thing going on continually in the Church of Christ at the present day. Multitudes go to our places of worship and fill our pews. Hundreds come up to the Lord's table and receive the bread and wine. But of all these worshipers and communicants, how few really obtain anything from Christ. Fashion, custom, ritual, habits, the love of excitement, or an itching ear— are the true motives of the vast majority. They are but few here and there who touch Christ by faith and go home in peace. These may seem hard sayings, but they are unhappily too true. Let us mark in the third place how immediate and instantaneous was the cure which this woman received. No sooner did she touch our Lord's clothes than she was healed. The thing that she had sought in vain for twelve years was done in a moment. The cure that many physicians could not effect was wrought in an instant of time. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. We need not doubt that we are meant to see here an emblem of the relief that the gospel confers on souls. The experience of many weary consciences has been exactly like that of this woman with her disease. Many men have spent sorrowful years in search of peace with God and failed to find it. He has gone to earthly remedies and obtained no relief. He has wearied himself in going from place to place and church to church and has felt, after all, nothing bettered but rather worse. But at last he has found rest. And where has he found it? He has found it where this woman found hers, in Jesus Christ. He has ceased from his own works he has stopped looking to his own endeavors and doings for relief. He has come to Christ himself as a humble sinner and committed himself to his mercy. At once the burden has fallen off his shoulders. Heaviness is turned to joy and anxiety to peace. One touch of real faith can do more for the soul than a hundred self-imposed austerities. One look at Jesus is more efficacious than years of sackcloth and ashes. May we never forget this to our dying day. Personal application to Christ is the real secret of peace with God. Let us mark in the fourth place how much it becomes Christians to confess before men the benefit they receive from Christ. We see that this woman was not allowed to go home when cured without her cure being noticed. Our Lord inquired who had touched him and looked around to see who had done it. No doubt he knew perfectly the name and history of the woman. He needed not that he any should tell him, but he desired to teach her and all around him that healed souls should make public acknowledgement of mercies received. There is a lesson here which all true Christians would do well to remember. We are not to be ashamed to confess Christ before men and to let others know what he has done for our souls. If we have found peace through his blood and been renewed by his Spirit, we must not shrink from avowing it on every proper occasion. It is not necessary to blow a trumpet in the streets and force our experience on everyone's notice. All that is required is a willingness to acknowledge Christ as our Master without flinching from the ridicule or persecution which by so doing we may bring on ourselves. More than this is not required, but less than this ought not to content us. If we are ashamed of Jesus before men, he will one day be ashamed of us before his father and the angels. Let us mark in the last place how precious a grace faith is. Daughter, says our Lord to the woman who was healed, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Of all the Christian graces, none is so frequently mentioned in the New Testament as faith, and none is so highly commended. No grace brings such glory to Christ. Hope brings an eager expectation of good things to come. Love brings a warm and willing heart. Faith brings an empty hand, receives everything, and can give nothing in return. No grace is so important to the Christian's own soul. By faith, we begin. By faith, we live. By faith, we stand. We walk by faith and not by sight. By faith, we overcome. By faith, we have peace. By faith, we enter into rest. No grace should be the subject of so much self-inquiry. We should often ask ourselves, Do I really believe? Is my faith true, genuine, and the gift of God? May we never rest until we can give a satisfactory answer to these questions. Christ is not changed since the day when this woman was healed. He is still gracious and still mighty to save. There is but one thing needful if we want salvation. That one thing is the hand of faith. Let a man only touch Jesus and he shall be made whole. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we've heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, dear friend, Do we see every racking pain, every loathsome infirmity, every humbling weakness in our world and hate sin that is its ultimate source? Or are we prone to question and doubt God's goodness instead? Second, are we those who have come to Christ and found true benefit in Him, His steadfast love, peace, joy, forgiveness? Or are we just like the crowds who are just curious? Do we, like the woman, continue to strive to find these benefits in our own works or earthly remedies, or by looking to Jesus with faith? Third, are we willing to acknowledge Christ and tell others what he has done for our souls? If not, why? Have we forgotten that if we are not ashamed of him, he will not be ashamed of us? And lastly, Beloved friend, do you really believe, having with empty hands received what the Lord has said, and walk by that same faith?